Hello and welcome to Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence here in the Oregon region, and the Chief Clinical Officer of Work to Be Well. Here with me today are Dominic and Liana, who have joined to talk about their experiences with social media and body image. I want to tell you that this topic of body image may be triggering for some. If you become uncomfortable, please revisit this conversation at a different time. We also will be flashing resources up on our, on our uh, website during the uh, event. Uh, you can always go to worktobewell.com and there's a lot of great resources there. Uh, but we will post this on our website when we're done and replay on several different uh, channels that view our podcast. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician when you are looking to get this type of help and let's get started. Hey, hey how's your week going? How are things? Um, I can go first. Um, I'm doing amazing. Just, I have read two books in the past week. I finished The Fault in Our Stars and they both die at the end, which is a little bit of a spoiler for the book, but it's cool because you get to see like how it leads up to there. And it's a really, um, interesting way of literature. I, yeah, I would suggest it to anybody. And we also had a skunk scare at my house. <laughs> Yes! Very interesting. <laughs> okay, was the skunk successful in impacting anybody in your house? <laughs> yes, it was my two dogs, and I was the one that got sacrificed to wash all both of them two times. And the house, like, we, it feel like we're both, like, everyone in the house, like, like we'll sniff every so often, like, do you smell skunk? And we're all, like, scared after it. And, yeah, so everyone's a little bit, like, scared of if there's gonna be a skunk again but we're doing fine that sounds like a very eventful week i mean i i don't have a skunk accident story to tell anyone about but um this week has been less busy than usual um but i have been working on some fundraising proposals at my school um i've just been really working and trying to you know, put myself out in the community and help others the best as I can. And I've been sleeping a lot because I love sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and sleeping does not involve skunks. Well, well, I can tell you, uh, we have had our own skunk experience at, at the Henderson household. Uh, our, I have a very, very large orange tub cat who, who probably should be listening today as we talk about body image. He's, he's a very large, large guy. And uh, he had an encounter early on with a skunk when he first came to live with us that uh, really, I think, taught him that skunks don't necessarily want to be friends with large cats. So uh, it was uh, definitely an experience, and I, I feel you there. Uh, yeah, washing dogs and cats is never fun. But today we're going to touch on, on topics that are related to social media and how it affects body image. But before we dive in, what are your go-to social media apps these days? Um, it's, I think I would have to say TikTok. I'm usually never on Instagram anymore. I'm barely check Snapchat. I don't have Twitter, but TikTok is definitely my go-to because it's kind of um, accustomed to like what we want to see. And I don't know about um, 
if Dominic has TikTok, but my TikTok for you page is full of body positivity and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I mean, I don't use Instagram and Snapchat as much as I used to. I mean, I don't use Snapchat like at all. I mean, it's cobwebs over on that app right now. But um, on Instagram, at least, I definitely, um, and TikTok and Twitter, I am on all three. Um, my for you's, my trending, um, my feed, all of that is filled with um, talk about potty positivity. And I mean, if you look at my accounts um, right now, I'm very, um, mindful about being body positive. And I definitely think that that is something I agree with you, Leanne on that one. Like that's definitely something that, um, fills up much of my trending, much of my, um, you know, my feed. So yeah. yeah your four pages on Instagram. Mine's full of it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So, so how long do you think you spend on social media every day? I mean, I know it's kind of different during the pandemic cause you're not at school, but, but how much time do you think you spend on, on social media? Do you want to go, Dominic? Sure. I mean, I would say probably too much time. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely during the start of this pandemic, um, you know, we're all really doing the same thing over and over again. It kind of feels like you're getting rebooted every day to do the same thing over and over. You know, wake up, eat, work, sleep do all again right and so when i'm yeah when i'm bored i find myself trying to fill it with other things like with usage of social media um with twitter i mean i could stay glued on the twitter trending list for hours so i definitely think about maybe upwards of a couple hours but i've been trying um my hardest to limit how much i'm going on there so that it doesn't start impacting my um emotional health in negative ways yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I've been talking to my parents about that, how, like, during the pandemic, everything has felt so, um, like, repetitive. You wake up, eat, go to school, maybe mm -hmm. get a snack, do your homework, go to bed, and then wake up and do it all over again. And so, um, same with Dom, like, at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, yes, I have all this free time to go on YouTube, Instagram, reply to Snapchat, um, and do all of these things. And I was like, yes. But then starting recently, like in the fall, I was like, I have to check Snapchat again. I get to go through my new page. I get, I get to go through Instagram and stuff like that. And so I kind of just took a break from social media because I was on it so much that I realized like, I, don't know, I was just burnt out from social media. And um, I'm starting to get back onto it, but it's not as much as it was at the beginning of quarantine, <laughs> for sure. Um, so I think I would say like three hours, like throughout like the entire day, four hours, I would say, um, checking it. Um, yeah, just that. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I look at social media and, and, you know, I, I do the same thing. I've, I've never done Snapchat. Um, I do, uh, TikTok is very interesting. My son, my oldest son is really, really into TikTok and, and really spends a lot of time curating that. Uh, I think Allison, who you know, can tell you the the story of when Allison and I tried to make a TikTok once. Yeah, no, no one will ever see that TikTok ever <laughs> in a million years. This is not our jam. We are good at it, but we we do hope that we get to learn uh, one of these days. We get to learn how to do it. But do you ever? Catch, you know, I know I've caught myself in this trap, and I'm wondering, do you ever catch yourself? Completely 
comparing yourself to somebody else on social media, you know, what do you do when that happens? You know, well, it starts out like for a few minutes, like I'll, um, I'll go through their profile and just go through like trying to see like, okay, there's gotta be at least like one video in here that like looks like me or like we're or from, from one angle where they look like me. And I'll just be like, no, it isn't. And then I'll maybe go through a different profile that they're friends with. And I'll, I'll just be like, there's like nobody on here that looks like me that is on my for you page or something like that. And then I'll be like, hold on, put on the brakes. This is humans come in all shapes and sizes. And I don't really need to compare myself because like, this is me. This is my body. Um, mm -hmm. I have a different lifestyle than them. And yeah, I just put on the brakes and like go through that process. I mean, I totally agree with everything you just said. I mean, when I go on um, for Instagram, for example, I mean, on social media, most of the time you're posting things that make you look good, make you happy. I mean, no one's really posting an ugly hair day picture, you know? I mean, you post your favorite things. I mean, that's social media. I mean, it's this kind of warped sense of reality where everything seems perfect or everyone's lives seem just so phenomenally perfect, like nothing wrong at all. And obviously, I mean, that's not the reality, but that's what we see. And so when you're seeing that, it's almost, in my opinion, impossible not to think, well, what about me? How do I stack up with that? I mean, if you see someone um, posing with this like skinny body and like they're all ripped and stuff, mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to make you self-conscious because you're looking at it and you're seeing this distorted reality of like complete perfection. And you're like, well, why don't I get that? I mean, what is, what is that? Why don't I get that? And so, I mean, I fall, I find myself like falling in that tunnel all the time and getting out of it I just distance myself from where it's happening I mean on social media mm -hmm. just, you know get off of there go distract yourself go listen to some music talk to somebody I mean I just try to distance myself from the cause of this kind of distortion and distract myself with things that I enjoy you know I think that's a, a really interesting uh, way to say that you know that that when you find yourself in that vortex, you know, finding a distractor task, finding something um, that really takes you and transports you away from there. When you're in that moment, do you find yourself comparing yourself though to people you know, or are you more drawn to like influencers and things like that? Um, you know, what's the, or is there really no, is there really no difference? I mean, personally, I would say and, and, and I think that this is, and I want to be really careful when I'm saying this, I think that this is definitely probably different for everybody because everyone sees and perceives and feels things differently. And I strongly believe that. But for me individually, I think it really doesn't matter because um, I'll always find a way for to compare myself to something of someone else. Um, even if it's their personality or it's like their likability, I mean, anything. And right. I honestly, actually, I think I do it less with celebrities because, or influencers, because they're not as close to me. I mean, I don't really know them. I just follow them. And, um, and I don't have that sort of connection where I know like things about them or I know certain aspects that they hold. 
Um, and so there's, I think for me at least, there's less to be jealous of or less to compare to um, because you just don't know. Um, and for me personally, like friends, I definitely would compare myself to friends all the time. And yeah, that's just how I feel about that. I'm so sorry, Dr. Robin. I was having technical difficulties and I missed the question. So could you repeat? <laughs> no, I no was, worries. I was on my face, but I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa where are they? <laughs> no, you are totally fine. Technical difficulties are part of real life. And that's what really, really brings us all together because who hasn't yeah. had technical difficulties in the middle of a Facebook Live? So, so when you find yourself in that space where you're comparing yourself, are you more likely to compare yourself to people you know or people like celebrities and influencers? Um, I think it really depends. I feel, I, I feel like I spend less time comparing myself to influencers and more comparing myself to people that are around me. Cause I was like, cause mm -hmm. I would look at them and I'm like, well, I go to school with them and they're normal people too. So why, why can't I look like them? And we probably have like the same lifestyle. Why can't I look like them? Why can't I have a thigh gap like them? Why, why can't I have a, a flat tummy like them or something like that? And, or their hair is so pretty and so thick and full while I have this really flat black hair. And um, I spend, I would say, I get caught up a long time comparing myself to people who are in my community. But I That's think after a while, I'll, I'll be like, it's okay, Leanna. Once again, I said, I'll circle back to the idea, like, we're all different. We come in all shapes and sizes. And once again, we all have different lifestyles, even if they're a little bit the same. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I have a, um, my daughter has anorexia nervosa and she went through a period a couple of years ago where she was constantly comparing herself to people, um, people she knew, people she didn't know, um, and combining that then with a body dysmorphia that happens in anorexia nervosa, where when you look at yourself, what you see is, is not real. You know, you see a distorted image of yourself. Um, she found herself having to take a break from social for a period of time until she could really get herself out of there. And now she's become a big devotee of the body positivity movement. Um, but I, I remember watching how easy it is to fall into that trap of that negative body social image and how easy it is to get in there. Why do you think it's so easy to get caught in that trap? Do you want to go to Dominic? Yeah, sure. And um, before I say why, I just wanted to applaud your daughter for being able to remove herself from that situation and really taking the initiative to do that. Because as someone who's dealt with not um, obviously the same, but similar circumstances, it's very difficult to remove yourself from things like that. And so I just wanted to applaud her for doing that. Um, and for me personally, I think the reason why it just can be so easy to fall into this trap is because people want us to. I mean, I feel like the world has been made for us to fall into these traps. I mean, our society as a whole definitely prioritizes different body types over others, or they say that mm -hmm. this one is more appealing, this one should be um, held up to a higher standard than this one. And it would be it would be a joke if I said that that wasn't the truth. I There's no 
reality where that's not the truth right now. And that's something that we all have to learn to live with and something to challenge. But what I'm trying to say is that there are standards working against us from all areas of our life. I mean, in social life, in our own heads, on um, on social media, like I said, in social life, everywhere, there is something negative that is trying to bring us down when it comes to body image. Um, our our communities and our society have normalized, like fat phobia, for example. They have normalized um, prioritizing other bodies and then making bodies that aren't a priority disadvantaged. And they have preserved and um, perpetuated standards that are so strong that they live on today and they affect people in unbelievable ways. And that's something that I believe is a driver behind this. all of this, is that the standards that we set affect other people. And when these standards are allowed to stay and persist and grow, more and more people are gonna start falling into this trap. Because how could you be in a position where the world is telling you that your body is less appealing or is less prioritized prioritized, mm-hmm. and then say, oh, well, that's not true. I mean, obviously after a lot of self-reflection and work and self-care, you can come to that conclusion, but being put in that situation and being told that you're not enough, everyone can fall to that. Everyone can be can succumb to that type of standard, that type of rhetoric. And so my point is, is that when we have a society that is telling us that we aren't enough or putting us against standards, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to do the same. We are going to put ourselves to the same standards. We are going to start internalizing that hate and internalizing that rhetoric and start believing it for ourselves. And so I think that is the biggest driver behind this entire issue and behind um, persistent body negativity and persistent um, self-doubt and persistent self-hate. Wow. (laughs) That's literally all I can say. You were, that is like a perfect answer. And I 100% agree with everything that you said. And the little person in the back of my head was like cheering you on. And you kind of also reminded the little person in the back of my head that, um, we are surrounded by all of it. And what do you expect? Like, um, I feel like it started from like a young age. Like they would like, not that they were attacking people from a young age, but they're influencing people from a young age. I remember being in elementary school, like nobody in elementary school should be worrying about their body and how they look right. and going, going um, into their recital or something like that. Like, oh, is, is am I covering my tummy that much? And like my little sister is seven years old and she's worrying about that. And I keep telling her, you are perfect the way you are. And because I think even back then you would like see people in movies and people your own age or even like the um, modeling um, when you go shopping in the store, um, you want to see people like you. And you, she, both of us were like healthy at a young age. Like it's okay to have that little, like squishy little tubby at a young age. You are perfectly fine. But I think it kind of stuck there. And when we have those habits, 
start from a young age, those habits carry on into our teens and may even carry on into when we're adults. So um, if we do want to help out with this, I think it's good to um, start Targeting people from a young age and teaching them that they are fine, they're beautiful, and they're doing perfectly good. You know, I'm so glad you. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because um, that idea that society has socialized fat phobia has socialized us into this and has set these standards. It's interesting when you see these charts sometimes that talk about beauty across the ages, and you go from you know, the the Marilyn Monroe area, who was actually a very voluptuous woman, to Twiggy in the 60s, who's a very, very slender, skinny, tiny thing. Um, and this is the stuff we know, right? This is not like, this is not an unknown phenomena. This is something that we know, we know the impact on mental health, we know the impact on all these other things, and yet it's so persistent. Is your generation gonna finally be the generation that breaks the ceiling and says, I love me for me. I don't know. I kind of feel like it is going that way because even though people have like um, a bad, I feel like um, social media has a bad reputation or people have like a bias or social media. I feel like slowly it is bringing people together. It's slowly like, it matters like also what you surround yourself with. I, Personally, I surround myself with body positivity. I don't know what other people surround themselves with. So it's if you use social media wisely. Um, and if you use it wisely, I feel like it is going to bring people together. I, um, uh, All those posts on social media that I see, it's like those tiny little reminders throughout the day that don't forget to drink your water and that you need to smile and that you're beautiful <laughs> and something like that. And it's always it always lifts me up and to love your stretch marks, to love your uh, little tummies and that you're perfect the way you are. Um, so yeah, as long as you use social media wisely, then yes, it is bringing people together. And I think we are gonna be the generation that um, shows that all bodies are beautiful. I, I just, I, I wanna echo that so much. Personally, I am, I try to be as realistic as possible because I um, have had past experiences where not doing that has set me up for failure. And so I am a total realist. And my biggest dream would be to get rid of these unrealistic, unhelpful, suppressive body standards. And honestly, I don't right now at this moment see them completely disappearing. Like with racism and the sex. I am so sorry, my dog. Is so <laughs> George, hey, he's agreeing with you. Yeah, he wants. Yes. He totally wants to chime in on this. He agrees. Totally I mean, yeah, like with racism and homophobia and sexism, I don't see those disappearing in a generation. But that doesn't mean we can't make progress to that. I think I totally see us rallying, uh, rallying behind. Um, abolishing these standards of um, body type. And I totally see us making progress, but I don't see um, it disappearing. And that's okay because all progress is progress. I'm a firm believer that all progress is progress. I mean, it might not be as much progress as we need or we want, but it's still progress. And any step towards an end goal should be celebrated, should be remembered, and 
it should be celebrated. I mean, progress is such an important thing. And I just wanted to echo what Leanna said is that we are becoming, I think with every generation, we become more and more accepting. And obviously there are exceptions to that rule. There are some generations that go 50 steps behind the one before them. But I don't think that Gen Z or whatever we call our generation is going to be a 50 steps behind. I think we're going to go 50 steps forward because we have lived experience with fat phobia and we and other types of body standards. And we realize that this shouldn't be the way it is. And we want to fight against it. We want to spread self-awareness and just community awareness about these topics so that everyone can understand it and then learn how to counteract it both internally and externally. And I think that with enough, with enough movement and with enough Mm -hmm. um, progression and with enough, enough awareness, I can't emphasize how important awareness is. We Mm -hmm. might be able to get really close to the end goal of just complete body acceptance. And that's very powerful. Yeah, and I wanted to add to Dominic um, about yeah. the awareness thing um, and how I think it's kind of connected to our generation because our generation is like, we are very connected to social media, but social media is helping that because we're not only able to see the people in our community because we're probably surrounded by people who look like us. We're surrounded by mm-hmm. um, people at our school, people in our clubs, people of our same interests. But social media kind of takes you out of your tiny little bubble and shows you to the rest of the world. Shows you um, uh, people in different communities, shows you people of different races, cultures, backgrounds, experiences. So I feel like Gen Z is definitely getting exposed to um, different people and that's amazing. You know, and and that's one of the things I wanna make sure that we do is capture, you both said that you, flood your, your zone with with body positivity. Who are the, who are some of the people you follow? What are some of the pages that, the trends on the pages, what what speaks to you in that space that you might be able to give to others to follow? I have a ton on my phone. Um, I think one person that I can list a list off of the top of my head is um sienna may sienna may gomez on tiktok and also on instagram um Mm -hmm. and also ashley uh she's a model she's a plus size model and i have her book um i can't remember her last name but ashley something and then also there's um a tiktok account called um there's something body positive um I can't remember the rest. I follow a ton. <laughs> so it kind of just gets mixed and jumbled together. But yeah, if you just even search up the hashtag body positive, you will find a ton of accounts. And just by following one, it gets you one step closer to um, just being more positive yourself and being more accepting. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you look up body positivity, you look up fat phobia, anything that has to do with this, you will find a massive amount of accounts that cover these topics. One that I use on Instagram, it's called um, Fat Phobia Slayer. Um, It is a Instagram (laughs) handle. (laughs) And it is an educational platform on how to slay fat phobia, both internally and externally. 
Um, and the reason why I mentioned this is because um, I want to emphasize that you can't just work externally. You also have to work internally. I mean, society, like I said, has put these unrealistic standards on all of us to the point where we internalize them. We start to believe them and we might believe them about other people or ourselves. And so part of the work is severing that, is saying, no, that is not true. That person is not less than because of their weight or their body size or whatever. And we are not less than because of our body size. And so I definitely, when I at least personally look through body positivity, I like to focus on anti-fat phobia because I am a individual who has dealt with fat phobia and experiences mm -hmm. similar to that throughout my life. And I want nothing more than um, fat liberation. That's what they call it. And I think I follow a TikTok that has that same name. Not sure. But um, that's what, <laughs> but that's kind of my end goal here, you know, with body positivity is to reach this kind of sense of um, is of body liberation of all bodies being liberated from these kind of crushing um, standards and these crushing systems that are telling us that we're not enough. You know, there's a lot of good music out there lately that speaks just to what you're talking about and some musicians. You've done a lot to really lift up that space. Um, trainer. <laughs> I was just listening to her. I was say, yeah. So in our last couple of minutes here, who are your go-to body positivity singers? Megan Trainer, absolutely. Yeah, we got I Megan love Lizzo. Lizzo. Lizzo without yes. doubt. Because she has this way of just being so authentically her. And yeah. she's like, you know what? She, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but she made this one TikTok and she's like, you know what? I'm fat. And you came on my page to tell me I'm fat. I already know. And I love it. And I'm just like, that is, is the prime example of what we all should strive to. But she also makes a very good point of she struggles with her image and she lets everyone know I'm not having a good day right now, but you know what? I'm going to work so that tomorrow I love myself a little bit more. And that's what I think we should all strive to do. So I think Lizzo is a wonderful artist if you are wanting to, and an influencer and a personality. Yeah, is to get some advice and to, you know, and to feel heard and feel seen during this time. I totally yeah, I agree. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I would say Lizzo was the first artist that I kind of like, I don't know, it was right, I think it was like sixth grade, right out of elementary school. So I was still struggling with body uh, image. and. When I listened to her song for the first time in the shower, I it was good as H E double hockey stick. That was the first song I heard from her, and I don't know. It kind of just turned the switch in my head where I was like, I was just jamming out. I was like, Oh yeah, this is me. And then like um, the music video just made you feel like yourself that you can just jam out to it, like with like nobody's watching and dance to it and. It has made you feel awesome inside and awesome on the outside too. Um, so yeah, big props to Lizzo. We all love her. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I can really say. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when it comes to like artists, female, at least for me, female rappers, um, they're my favorite. I mean, that's my genre. That's my group I kind of cater to. And they um, 
And, you know, some people think that their songs are a little too much about their body, whatever. That's how you feel. But when I'm listening to their songs and they're like, you know, I'm beautiful. I'm da da da. I'm da 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 da. I'm curvy, whatever. I mean, singing along with that, I have, I, that's my peak confidence when I'm singing along there and I'm dancing and I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm this. Cause when I'm saying it, like they talk in the first person, right? So when I'm saying it, I'm saying I, I'm saying me. So it's almost like this re, like this affirmation, this this um, idea that I'm putting out when I'm saying it. So that's what I usually tend, what I go to when I need some body positivity. <laughs> oh yeah, and then there's also um, Selena Gomez. Uh, Selena Gomez. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I can't remember what the song is, but she has. Oh, who says? Who? It's like who says? Who says that? perfect who's is the only one that's heard it trust me i that's the curse of beauty i love that song love it so much that is like if i'm having a good day or even a bad day i can put it on like yep this is me i'm amazing <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> yeah. i i love it you have you have you know drop the mic moment Let's everybody challenge ourselves and each other to love ourselves a little bit more tomorrow. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to everybody who's listening <clears throat> and sending in your questions and your comments and your support and going out there and celebrating Bobby positivity and really helping us change the way we think about our bodies, which is so very, very important. I want to thank you, Donovan and Liana, for joining Talk To Be Well today. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. And, you know, please check out our resources on worktobewell.org. If you're interested in resources about healthcare, please check us out at providence.org. We have all kinds of resources available, but most of all, let's go out there, be a little bit more body positive today, and be well. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>